Welcome back to Wildfire Tribe Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Sean. And I am Kylie. And we are here today having real conversations with you about mystical things. And today's conversation topic is... The power of our words. The power of words. Mm, That's what language. we're doing. We're speaking words into these microphones. We thank you so much for listening to us. The power of words. Words are powerful because words create. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So words have created the whole world. They've created our life. They create societies. Like It's because of the word that you and I exist. God spoke to creation. He spoke creation into being. He did. So words are powerful. Words and breath, that breath that our words are on. So today is different, Kylie, in that today we have to set the scene for you, the listener. We are down by the river, as we quite often are, down by the river with our little microphones recording. But today we're actually sitting in the car. We are. We're sitting in the car because it's a very windy afternoon and we just want to make sure that we try not to get too much wind noise in our microphone as we are speaking. And we don't call our car a car, we call it a rocket ship. It's Rocky the (laughs) rocket ship. (laughs) Because every time we are going somewhere, it's like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, blast Blast off. off. Come on. Come on, Rocky. Where are you taking us today? So Rocky's (laughs) brought us to the river and Rocky just took us to another state in Australia. Uh, the other day, a couple of days ago, we woke up and Rocky launched and took us to another state to be in a gathering with other people that we love. And we literally travelled through a time vortex because we had like eight hours on the road in like a, over a, what, like 16 hour period. And in the middle of that, we had um, an amazing time of gathering with a, a crazy cool bunch of people. And it just seemed to not be effortless, wasn't it? So the power of words, just as I said that, you know, when I said that we we spent all this time with a group of people that we love, even just saying these people that we love, for them to know that we love them is powerful. It's powerful words. It's powerful language for those guys to know that we love them. Yeah, definitely. It, it affects our relationship with each other. It does. When I tell you that I love you. Yeah, definitely. You can feel the frequency of those words. It like moves your heart. Well, I think that you have to accept that words are powerful considering that if I was to tell you something nasty about yourself, you would also feel that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you do. You feel like, oh, you feel like gutted and or sad or, yeah, definitely the words that you find yourself sitting under sometimes, the things that are spoken to you and about you can be, can really impact the atmosphere, can really impact the way you feel. Do words have power when you choose not to believe them though? Well, this is something we will unpack today. Right, because sometimes you tell me that I'm a bad driver and when I choose not to believe that, (laughs) it doesn't affect me. I would never dare say that to you. You know that. (laughs) Although you've reminded me on on occasion that I'm a a really good driver. So if I was to tell you that you're a really, really bad driver and there is a possibility, a very slight possibility that at some stage in deep, dark history that I would have told you that you're a bad driver, (laughs) 
If you listened to that and believed that, would that impact your driving skills? Yeah, possibly. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, it can come, it can bring you into that state of like fearfulness of being told that over and over again. Yeah, puts you anxious. Yeah, makes you anxious. And then, therefore, as a result, you become the bad driver you fear. Start making irrational decisions and pulling out in front of (laughs) motorcycles. Exactly. Oh, do you see how I got motorbikes into it like really early on? Oh, I love it. So words, like they really are a creative force in our world. I feel like, like think about this, the word created all of life, making it the creative force in the world since God created us in his image. Don't we follow his example and then therefore are creators with our words? Like we're creating so many things by the words that we speak or the words that we write or at the very least we create impressions, like whether we're speaking, thinking, writing. You can create without words though. Yeah. Like if you just want to build a shed or something and you don't talk about it, you can still create it. True. You're probably thinking it though. You're probably thinking. But are we talking about the power of words or the power of thought? I think they're all entangled. They're entwined and interlinked. They're quantumly one. Right. Because what about those people that can't even talk? Like that would be very, very rare on the earth, but there are people that don't have the ability to talk. I think there are still words, even in silence. I think there are. Have you heard of the butterfly effect? And no, I haven't, Kylie. I have not heard of the butterfly effect. (laughs) So it affects people's mind and heart. It affects quantum mechanics. Like it's everything. It affects everything from the tiniest atom to giant big things like global weather patterns and cosmic happening in space. And butterfly effect is like it starts with something really, really tiny that seems insignificant that can then ripple out and cause something maybe on the other side of the world to be explosively huge. And I feel like that is like the a picture of what our words can do, like what our words can produce in our life is this tiny little seed planted into somebody or into ourselves can then continue to create these ripples through our life that can turn into a big, either wonder-filled, abundant wave or a destructive tsunami, do you think? Um, I don't know. I wasn't kind of listening just then to what you said. (laughs) Your words weren't having much power (laughs) because I wasn't listening. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, I was thinking about creation when I was like thinking about words and thinking about like Mother Earth, like she needs us to mature and transform ourselves from this like selfish kind of caterpillarish style species into this spiritual butterfly like beings, like where we begin to walk with wisdom. We're embracing the dance of wonder that's found in the perichoresis of our relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another and with all of creation. So we're just like that place where we're just simply taking joy in living lightly, just taking joy in the nowness of our existence, like in the nowness of our life, in the wonder that is framing up around us. Like when we're not, like we've spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, like when we're not overwhelmed by the devastation in history or the fear that's in our future, but we're really just implanted in this beauty, in the beauty and the wonder of now. And then framing up around ourselves these beautiful 
um, life-giving words that are creative power for our future. So there have been experiments done with words with plants. Mm, yeah, I've heard about and those. And speaking to plants. So there's been many studies, experiments done where, and there was one in particular where they had three different rooms, three separate rooms, all the same conditions except for in one room kind words were spoken. In the second, harsh words were spoken. In the third room, there was absolute silence. Now, the results showed that the plants which were exposed to kind words grew a little more than the other two, it says in this experiment. I've also heard of different ways of uh, different other, other experiments done in similar ways that gives quite a distinct outcome between the, the different ways that the plants are spoken to with regards to their actual health. Yeah, well, there was that experiment that that school group did where they put two plants of the same species in two different areas and they and one plant they had to go and encourage it and the other plant they bullied it. And over a certain what amount of time... What did they call it? I don't know, like but they... bad names. Yeah, they said mean things to it. Like mean words. Meany words, Sometimes yeah. you say that I'm a meanie. Not all the time, though. I so know what, mostly you're joking. what were the mean words? Well, I'm not sure exactly what the mean words were, but I mean, I think all of us, if we've, if, if you've been to school, you're probably at some point in time being subjected to some kind of bullying words that's made you feel lesser than other people, has made you feel not good enough, or it's made you feel sad or lonely or left out. And that's what they were speaking to these, this one plant and the other plant was really encouraged. And after like a week, the, the encouraged plant was like really flourishing. It was like shiny and beautiful and like standing right up. And, and the plant that was getting bullied was all droopy and sad and it's, um, it had lost its shine. And yeah, so, and all, and they were both fed the same amount of water. They were both in the same kind of environment. The only thing that was different was the words that were spoken to them. He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. It says in Proverbs 16. Happy is he. Happy is he. Pleasant words, it's also in Proverbs 16 verse 24. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. I love that. I was looking in. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. It's <laughs> just trying to think where I could go off the back of that verse. Did you have thoughts on the back of that verse? No, I just thought I'd better chuck in a Bible verse because it's real conversations about mystical things and <laughs> we believe in the words in the Bible <laughs> yeah. as a couple. So I just thought I'd chuck in a proverb because proverb is that book of wisdom. Yes, it's true. I did have a proverbial um, Bible verse too. Uh, it said uh, from Proverbs thirteen three, guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. That's like pretty big. It will ruin everything. If you don't what? Guard your words. Yeah. Guard your words and you'll guard your life. Mm. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. So we have to make sure that when we're speaking on this podcast, which are, is just really a lot of words, all compacted together to make sentences and to gain some meaning that we guard our words. And I'm not even sure what that means. What does guarding your words mean? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, what are we doing this talking for? 
all of these words and sentences, putting them all together, if we don't know what guarding our words means, are we not guarding our words? Well, when I was reading it, I was just remembering times in my life when I wasn't speaking life over my own self and therefore that kind of filtered into everything because I was not happy with the person that I was. So I was doing bad self-talk to myself. So I was frustrated with myself. I was not loving to myself. And so therefore, out of that place, I was creating an environment around myself that was not happy. It was filled with frustration and it was filled with disappointment and it was filled with angst and worries and sickness. You know, a lot of those different things that come out of that place really of that foundation of bad self-talk. So telling yourself that you're no good, that you'll never become anything, telling yourself that why, why would anybody want to have anything to do with you? Like, all- It's not easy to do though to uh, it's not necessarily easy to do, though, to speak kind words to yourself if you've been raised in an atmosphere where that's not the case. Oh, it's so true because you revert to those habitual sayings almost that you can hear being spoken over you by your family, by your parents, by people that might have had things to do with you when you're younger and it's conditioning you in your way of communicating with yourself and with other people. Even if it's it's an innocent you know it's it's a subconscious or it's not even necessarily intentional you know that somebody would call you an idiot for doing something wrong when you're growing up you know it's not not necessarily something they've put much thought into it's just come out of their mouth it's the way they've been raised to to treat others to stop you from doing something wrong but if those words spoken to you are believed by you and and they therefore form a trajectory through your mind, through your thought processes that are amplified in you to make you believe that you are an idiot, that you're doing something wrong, that you can't ever get anything right, then it is difficult to retrain yourself to be okay with those words being spoken towards you or into you, but it's not impossible. Exactly. It's not impossible and and so much of it is seeing yourself how God sees you, is learning to love yourself the way that he loves us because until we can come into that place where we're able to speak the words over ourselves that he speaks over us, those words of love and affirmation and positive positivity and life and fullness and abundance, then we're always going to be sitting under under those negative words that have been spoken to us and that becomes like this ceiling. It's like, you know, if you're if you were a little bit overweight when you were young and people called you like fatty or they called you like, you know, other words like that or or if if people didn't if you weren't as smart as other people or you weren't a sporty person and people spoke that over you, you're so dumb or you're and then you've taken that on board and you've created a ceiling in your own life with these beliefs that were only just false words spoken over you by by people. Yeah, there are those horrible um, conditions that people have as well, you know, re- re- regarding eating habits and physical appearance. You're talking about 
people that are larger, but there's also obviously those those horrible ones where people believe that they are larger than what they actually are and they make themselves sick so that they don't keep the food in that they've eaten and, and all of those things. And they can come about via this understanding that you're not worthy of love, that you are something different to what you actually are. The words we use for ourselves and on others have a direct correlation with how we regulate physical and emotional stress in our brains. I'm just reading this. I've just Googled something. I don't even know where this is from. Uh, Too much stress and our brain can experience an accelerated rate of deterioration. On the flip side, exercising the effects of kind words can actually promote density growth. The more we choose to engage with a type of language, the easier it becomes for the brain to automatically adopt that language in any given situation. This is called the science of habit. We've spoken about it before, about plasticity of the brain. Dr. Carolyn Leaf uh, is somebody that specializes in that kind of language, in that kind of discussion about the ability for the brain to retrain itself, to to change uh, its interaction with the world from believing a word that is spoken to be able to retrain your brain into believing that it means something different. There, just because a word is spoken in your direction, a meany word like Kylie would say, doesn't mean that you have to actually attach a belief to it. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like now just to release just a a fresh atmosphere over anybody that's listening who has listened to some of those lies that people have told you over the years that have spoken negative things over you. They haven't been able to see the goodness in themselves. So therefore they, they haven't been able to see the goodness in other people. So that is not for you. Those words are not yours. That those words are not your future. Those words are not the person that you are because you are a glorious new creation. You are a beautiful and wonder-filled person. You are an amazing, incredible, beautiful, loved son or daughter of God. You have a future far beyond what you can imagine because what you can imagine your future to be hasn't required any faith. But what if... You can have faith in a future beyond what you can even comprehend just because you believe in a God that created all things has a future beyond what you can even comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Because I can comprehend that at some time in the future that I'm going to own a motorbike. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting (laughs) that I could own a motorbike to the value of, say, $10,000 and a certain motorbike, but what if it's actually possible that in my future, I'm going to own a motorbike that I can't even possibly conceive is possible right now? And why would I believe something like that? I believe something like that because I believe that God has spoken to me, well, he has actually spoken to me, that my future is going to contain, my future is going to contain Now, let me just try and get these words that he spoke to me correct in the Northern Territory in 2011. I'm looking at the sky and reimagining that experience that I had with God one-on-one when he spoke to me and he told me that up until that time that I had been doing my life in my own way, in my own terms, separate from the knowledge or the existence of him, but that if I changed 
and accepted that God wanted to have an existence with me from that moment forward for the future, that my life would contain and be way better than I could possibly imagine at that moment. So that is why I believe that the things that I believe are possible, that there is something even beyond that that is possible, likely even, because what I can see as being my future as being bright or containing certain things is something that I can actually see. So there's not even very much faith. There's not, there's not even, I don't even have to stretch my imagination too far. But what if you and I can believe that even beyond our thoughts, that our lives are going to contain things beyond our thinking, beyond mm. our ability to imagine. And I choose to live in that space. Yeah, I love it. Choose to live in that space of the mysteries that I have no idea about right now that I can't possibly imagine are possible or true, that God will reveal things to me in my future that I've not even conceived in this very moment. <laughs> I love it. So I have a chapter in my book, The New Now. Oh, I just saw a fish jump hey. out of the water right in front of us and Nelly hit a duck. <laughs> And I don't think the duck caught it in its mouth, but I assume that's why the ducks are there. I just saw it again. Okay. Another one. That's so cool. Yeah. So the Kylie's book, The New Now, that she's just about to talk about, you can buy that anywhere online. You can just Google The New Now or Kylie Henderson or on our on our uh, sorry on our website Wildfire Tribe. You uh, what's the website name? Wildfire Tribe Life. Yeah, you can find the book there. It's The New Now by Kylie. Yeah. And it will change your life when you read the book. It will give you an enhanced ability to believe that things in your future are also possible beyond your comprehension right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I'm just going to read an excerpt there. I have one of the chapters is called Speaking Power and life. This is just a little excerpt from that. Just like learning not to talk about somebody's bad ways, which is really just me unknowingly deflecting the negative attention from myself onto someone else, I had to replace this negative dialogue and train myself to speak in a positive and uplifting way about not only others, but also myself. So bringing up the things I do not like about you or the attributes that that could change or improve, that you could change or improve, is not helping you fix anything. It's just making you feel worse. It is perhaps comparable to reverse psychology. So our job, as we learn to tame our tongue, is to see the good in people and to help them draw it out. It's to declare over them who they are, not what we see them in their current state, like not as we see them in their current state, but rather their potential, their destiny, their original intent from the beginning of time. It's to see the person they are truly becoming. And when I propose that we declare over them who they are, I'm not speaking of the person that you see before you, the one with the faults and the frustrations and the issues and the bad habits, but I'm talking about the gold that lies within the person, the buried treasure that is just waiting to be recognized, discovered and drawn out. Each of us has deep within us a seed of destiny. It's a place that was birthed when we were first conceived. It's our map, our blueprint, the purpose for being on the planet and we want desperately to know what it is and to begin walking it out. As we discover our identity in Yeshua, 
then we can be instrumental in speaking release for others into their destinies as well. This is the place and the relationship that furthermore helps us to discover our own path. It's a powerful place where a world of possibility opens up as we see ourselves and others as we were all meant to be. Yeah, I like that. That's that. That's what I was talking about before. Speaking into people's lives with words that are not about what is right in front of you right now, but it is about the possibility of that person's future looking like when heaven invades. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I love it. It's like I was, I was thinking like we're transitioning through this narrow way. Like, and it's kind of like the birth canal and it, into this age to come, as Jesus called it. Jesus called it the age to come, not me. Come on, this is everything that we've hoped for. And now with the power of our heart intention and the power of our words, we can land this new life and this new sound. So I feel like this, as we like, you know, we come into knowing that we are these amazing vessels of life and wonder and truth and peace and freedom and love like we're this this connection place between heaven and earth like and because we are everything is all within us and this this new life that we're stepping into this new sound that's coming forth from us as we understand who we really are and we begin to release the essence of that around us it's like that sound is filled with love and not judgment, like not disunity, but this pure, unconditional love. It's like this place of peace and joy and freedom. And that's what sets us apart as we're moving forward from, from people that get stuck in the fear narrative, you know, that are, are only seeing and being focused on doom and projecting doom and seeing doom all around us and seeing negative things happening. But we're actually co-creating together with our words and our thoughts and the, the energy that is in within us because the hope and the joy and the love and the freedom is, is what is overwhelming the very essence of our being. So what's a forecast, Kylie? Well, it's like a, it's something that you're putting out there about the future to come, isn't it? In words? Yeah. So weather forecast, for, for example, when somebody forecasts what the weather is going to be, they are speaking to the world. They are putting their version of an event in the future out there for others to, to join in and agree with. You are casting forth uh, something in the future, an idea. Yeah. You're foretelling, you're foreseeing something in the future and you're speaking it into being. I'm always fascinated by this thought because I reckon, like say, take the news, for example, when they're doing the weather report. Yes, the weather forecaster. So he's putting out there something that hasn't happened yet yep. and that we can all choose whether he's we... He's got information from his past as well that is correlated, like he's done some study and gone to uni and yep. done some courses and some ideas and looked at historical weather patterns. So he's, he's not coming at it with nothing. He's not coming at tomorrow's weather from a place of just saying tomorrow is going to be storms at five o'clock in the afternoon and we're going to get 10 inches of rain. But he has some experience behind him that tells him that it's possible. It's true, but are we going to continue to frame up our future based on our past? 
And if he just stepped up to the plate on tonight's news and forecast tomorrow's weather and enough people or the right people agreed. Did you hear what he said? said? He said tomorrow afternoon at five o'clock, there's going to be mm. storms and 10 inches of rain. Oh my goodness, that's going to happen. We all agree that that's going to happen. Is that what makes it happen? If we believe that we can co-create with the God who created the world, is that possible? Exactly. So what happens as a result? We all stop. We, we finish listening to the news and then we start saying to everyone, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, we're going to get a, a storm tomorrow. Oh, there's going to be Make destructive sure your winds tomorrow. Make sure your car is undercover. Yeah. Make sure you tie down the roof of your house in some parts of the world. You see people even having to do that. So what, what if, as a collective group of people in each of our regions, we decided to start putting out there the forecast that we actually want to see, that we're not coming into agreement with them saying, oh, we're heading into another drought, and everyone starts saying, we're heading into another drought. It's the end of the world. I can see the signs of the times. So Things what are if, getting worse. What if we change that narrative and we started saying, no, actually, we're coming into a week that is filled with exactly what we need. Our future is brighter. The, the future of our children is beyond what I can even imagine for them right now. Because creation Who is... Who doesn't want that? Exactly. Coming back to the weather, like creation is groaning for the sons to know who they are so because they actually creation wants to work with us and creation like I'm meaning like all of creation like weather patterns and trees and the earth and and it, the cosmos the stars and the moon and everything in creation is wanting to work together with it's us it's groaning it's crying out for us to realize the abilities that we have exactly and the power that is held within us within our thought energy center within our thoughts and then that turns into our words and our breath and the frequency that come that emanates from within us as we go about our everyday life. I was just talking to a man before we came to the river here to do our podcast and he told me that he walks past my house regularly and prays for my family. He he prays a blessing over my family and my finances in particular and he asked how my finances were and I said well, they're good, thank you. And we're sitting here right now in this place where we are enjoying this this glass of cold soda water with lemon in it right now, enjoying what we have right now. And if you've been walking past my house praying for things to be great in my life, then you have contributed with your words to making this moment happen for us right now. I love it. And how cool is that? That people have your best interest at heart and then can be speaking life into your situation, praying healing over you or speaking life over you. Or, um, and we must believe that it's possible or else why would we pray? Exactly. Exactly. And it is possible because we see it happen all the time. So surely we don't waste our time and energy on praying bad things to happen. So therefore, we're only praying for good things to happen in our lives and those around us. So if we have the ability to speak life into situations and we believe that it's true, which we must if we're praying, because or else why would we pray? Then we have way more ability to bring about an outcome than possibly we 
can even believe right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we better talk about motorbikes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're so funny. <laughs> so what sort of motorbike would you like to sit on the back of? One with a comfy seat. <laughs> so would you rather sit on the back of a motorbike or would you rather have your own motorbike? Well, I'm happy to have my own motorbike. I don't know if you're happy for me to have my own motorbike though. <laughs> it's true. It's a good conversation. So I'm happy for you to have your own motorbike probably if I don't have to watch you ride that motorbike. Well, you know that I'm going to be in your rear vision mirror. Like I'm not going to be in front of you. I'm so going maybe to be if we get you. two motorbikes and mine just doesn't have revision mirrors, so I can't see you. Yeah. And we'll just say, give me like an hour time frame to arrive at the same place as you're arriving. Because right. I'm probably not going to zoom, zoom like you do. It's just interesting because we've spoken about motorbikes a little bit on this podcast because you continually bring them up. And, <laughs> and we've spoken about a motorbike or more and and about them being in our future and we're in the future more than we were when we spoke about them and currently I don't even have a motorbike. So what's going on there, Kylie? Well, this power of word stuff that you're talking about today. Yeah, I know. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? I'm just observing the unfolding of your motorbike journey. I don't think it's got anything to do with the power of words. Well, I'm not sure. I don't think it does, but you do know that my motorbike that I did have, and I guess I currently actually still own that motorbike, it blew up the other week. Like, you know that, obviously. Mm. And it blew up as in it stopped running a few hours from where we actually live, and it's no longer with me. But the beauty of that is that it blew up right in a place where some people really needed to hear the words that you had to say. I know that is true. I'm just trying to figure out for myself why it is that the bike had to break down right there. I know that it did have to and it had to take me to those people's house where we got to speak life into their very being. I believe that that is absolutely true. I'm just now not sure of why it is that I don't have any motorbike. <laughs> well, it's certainly an interesting part of your life, yes. Yes, it is. And that's just the adventure of doing life with in, in full union with God, isn't it, Kylie? Because there is always something to challenge your theology, your thinking, and how you process your life with God. Because even in amongst all of that and my bike breaking down and me getting to spend some time with some people that I otherwise would not have met, that I got to share words with of encouragement and inspiration into their life. So then I end up with no motorbike and then I am tested in places like, how's your joy level, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> how's your life now that you don't have a motorbike? Oh, and, and then there's those moments of, I would, I'm just going to go for a quick ride, which I used to just do all of the time, and now I can't. You get those twinges of, ah, oh, gee, that's annoying. Oh, God, like why, why is it that, that I'm walking this out right now. You know, it's, it's just always, it's a constant decision to try and see things through God's eyes, isn't it? For me, it is. Mm. It's, it's always like, okay, that's happened now. It, it actually has happened that I don't have a motorbike. It's my reality right now. So how do I choose to live my life and my belief around 
God supplying all my needs, etc. Well, it is an interesting walk when we are walking as sons and daughters walking of God. Walking we are because we don't have a motorbike. <laughs> we do have a car though, a rocket ship. We have Rocky Rocket Ship and we're sitting in Rocky Rocket Ship right now. And Rocky Rocket Ship was given to us. Yeah, it's a very beautiful like blessing. given to us. I know, it's very special. On that note, this is an interesting, I'm just feeling like to lead into what is ego? Ego is not a dirty word. <laughs> so I looked it up because I was just on this little tangent this afternoon where I was looking at G- what Jesus had been saying to the Pharisees and and do you know that verse where he's talking to the Pharisees? I suppose he probably talks to them. He says the verse. I know there's lots of verses, but this one in Matthew, he um, Matthew twenty three twenty seven, he says, "Great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and impostors. You are nothing more than tombs painted over with white paint, tombs that look shining and beautiful on the outside, but are filled with rotting corpses inside." So then I went on this tangent about looking about the ego. So the ego is part of your mind that tries to control your thinking and your behavior. And this is where the voice part of it comes in, the the speaking. It's that voice inside your head. It can be characterized as the devil or angel on your shoulder. It's that voice that analyzes what's going on around you. It comments on your interactions. It dwells in the past. It speculates about the future. It complains. It likes or dislikes things. It makes you question yourself in moments of doubt. This internal voice is the ego. And this is interesting because we, we both know Eckhart Tolle talks about the ego a bit. And he says the ego gives you an interpretation of the world, not a true reflection. The only true way to see the world is by being fully present and experiencing the now without judging or analyzing it. So I was thinking like we tend to think that these thoughts and experiences that we have define us, that our ego is who we are. Like after all, it's coming from inside our own head. So who else could it be? But in fact, the ego is not our true being. Like our true being is the essence of who we are. It's our spirit man. It's that tiny spark that happened in the beginning, that light reflected from the face of our father. It's him in us and us in him. Who we truly are is separate from our mind and body, yet in the same moment it is one. Yeah, the power of now. I find, you know, I have I've absolutely practiced that many times throughout my life when I start to feel a bit concerned about what the future might hold etc or you know just start to feel emotionally challenged I, I guess and and bringing myself into the power of right now for me actually I don't even once I do that I don't even I'm not even concerned about judging anything at all trying to navigate or understand I'm actually just focused on right this very millisecond right and that removes the need to be concerned about anything else mm. Exactly. Like it removes that need to think about why those things happened and to analyze it and then make judgments and put yourself in that place where you're wondering again, maybe I did something right. Maybe I did something wrong. Like It's a very powerful tool. 
to be able to use if you feel like you're spiraling, you know, into a place of not being able to comprehend what's happening with your your life. You know, why why is it that I don't have the motorbike that I want? <laughs> or something actually more significant than that, just to bring yourself into that place of right now, everything is fine. Exactly. When you were talking about the ego and what you're saying about the Pharisees and what were you saying about painting a house on the outside or the inside and all of that? Yeah, like the verse was saying, it says, um, great sorrow awaits you religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and imposters. You are nothing more than tombs painted over with white paint. Tombs that look shining and beautiful on the outside but are filled with rotting corpses mm, inside. Like a rotten tooth with a hole in it. It looks okay on the outside but it's rotten on the inside or a person that, even a person that has read the Bible or even a person that has memorized the Bible, who knows the Bible word for word in their memory but have has applied none of it to their life. Exactly. And I think that's like a big key is the application has what I, has what I know and believe actually become. <laughs> in my life? Or am I just blah, blah, blaring all these words, putting my opinion out there on other people, but actually not practicing any of the things that I believe? Like if I'm speaking out of the egocentric nature, like, and I think that that's possibly what Jesus is referring to when he's addressing the Pharisees. It's not necessarily that group of people that he's addressing, but rather it's that nature within humanity that is causing us to be unable to come into the fullness of his love for us. Like it's stopping us. It's like this wall that is coming between. It brings us into this place of self-righteousness rather than into love. I know about God. I've heard about him. I've read about him. I've been to every church service of my life for 38 years, but I don't know his voice yeah i can't hear him for me i don't accept that angels are real yeah even though they're all through the bible but <laughs> that's not for now though kylie that's in the past <laughs> but some of the past is for now it depends on which one parts of the past i choose yes yeah, so it's <laughs> is it the same as believing that you know all that there is to know about the Bible or any particular subject at all and not being subject to change at all? How could I possibly have anything wrong? Mm. Well, it's that process that we're on, isn't it? Like, did you know that as we are deconstructing, and that's kind of what this process is that we're talking about. We're deconstructing from all the I'm not old paradigms. <laughs> well, lots of people are. We're on this process of unlearning so that our minds can be renewed. I'm under construction. Under, I love it. Yeah, come on. Like I'm being, I'm being rebuilt. I'm not <laughs> being pulled apart piece by piece. That's already happened. That's in the past. Come on, I love it. But we, you know, this process. I'm not even a danger zone. I'm not even taped off. <laughs> You're I'm like a butterfly. You're flying around. free. <laughs> I'm just moving from glory to glory. But that's where we want to be. We want to be in that place, that powerful place where we're seated. It's almost like we come into this place where we're seated in silence, in rest, where we we don't need to speak anymore. That place of unexpressed thoughts while the things of my mouth want to just go preach 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 and they want they want to say 
all this stuff, but it's actually just allowing them instead as I sit with my thoughts and my words in silence so that they can become my reality. I feel like that has been a lot of where I've been for a long time, like in that place of becoming, because there's all these new things I'm learning and I'm so, I'm being expanded and like my my physical being is being expanded as I'm implementing more healthy practices in my life so that it can be this great healthy container to hold the fullness of my spirit man that is constantly expanding too as I'm letting go of old ways of thinking and embracing these new expanded ways of thinking. It's actually becoming the essence of my character. It's that place where we become what we believe first and then the very frequency that we emit is the essence of our truth. Like our words have far more power to alter history if we actually become what we believe. So you're beautiful, Kylie. Like you actually are beautiful. (laughs) Do you believe that? Well, you always tell me yes. So you believe that I believe that. And I'm yes. not just saying it. Yes, no, it, this is true. I've and you had, believe I've that. had to take that on board for myself and see the beauty that that he's created me to be, you know, because there's a real it's really easy as a woman growing up in in the last forty years to be only see the negative aspects of ourselves, to see the things that are wrong with us, to see the pieces that are too pudgy or not firm enough, to see the eyebrow that's a little bit wonky on that side and, and you know, the, that I, ha- I have 34 eyelashes on that eye and only 27 on the other one, you know. <laughs> so I said you're beautiful. Yes. And you agree that I see you as being beautiful. Mm. And that you could even go so far as to believe that it's possible that you are beautiful because somebody told you that you are. Mm -hmm. And that the power of words in this statement that I've made to you also have an ability to have power in my existence as well. Mm. Because by me telling you that makes me feel good that you believe that. And it also makes me feel like I have gifted something that has been received And that's a great feeling because it's pretty crappy Mm. giving someone a gift that they don't even unwrap or that they unwrap and don't enjoy. It's so true. Like receiving the goodness that others are extending to you is such a powerful thing. So we thank you for our patrons. That's what they're called, isn't it? Those people that support us via Patreon for your giving to us. Mm. We acknowledge that you have given life to us by giving finances to us to do what it is that we love doing. Yeah. We don't just accept that gift and pretend like it has no value, that it doesn't mean anything to us, because it does. Exactly. And in return, we want you to know that by it meaning something to us, that we also desire for it to mean something to you. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I write a a chapter in my book also about self-love, learning to love yourself and speak those affirmations of love over yourself because that also can bring your body into a place of healing, can heal your mind and your heart, but also your body that that because we're we're our spirit is in this beautiful container called our body. And even with movements that are in our culture at the moment that are teaching you to not love the body that you're in, that maybe your body needs to change for you to be able to love yourself. 
the essence of the foundation of that is telling you you're not good enough just as you are, is telling you that you're not okay, that, that there's something wrong with you. And there is nothing wrong with you. You are beautiful. You are created so wonderfully and beautifully, just like you are. And we can come more and more into the fullness of a healthy being if we can extend that love to ourselves. I remember a a beautiful friend of ours, she used to say, I thank my skin for keeping my insides in and just like, you know, almost like well, hugging yourself. she still yourself. says it because if she didn't still say it, a skin mightn't do that job anymore. <laughs> but you can feel yourself resonating with, with this acceptance of those words that you, if you can bring yourself into that place where you can speak that over your bodies and over your hearts and over your minds. Yeah. So would you, I think we've already covered this before, but we could go so far as to say that you would believe that right now the version that I am is is way is dramatically improved from the version of the person that I used to be. Is that right? Yep. And at some stage in our past, and I'm imagining it's probably still occurring as well, but definitely in our in our past in the last thirty or so years together, you have spent a lot of time speaking words, positive words, in my direction. Yes. Both to me so that I can hear them and also how else? Well, I would speak as it's written in the word, those things that are not as though they are. So I would just, sometimes I would do it out of a place of frustration, but I would just speak those, the person that I could see you as, not the person that you were manifesting in front of me. So I would say you are this mighty man of God. You are a a giver, a life-giving man. You are filled you will with encouragement. You will do a podcast with me in the future. <laughs> you will not own a motorbike and be okay. <laughs> is that what you were speaking into existence? Because that's what's happened. Well, you know, this is the fullness and it's wonderful. <laughs> And we're just drinking soda water, so our water bottles are under a lot of pressure there. We're also currently still down at the river in Rocky, the rocket ship, our car that was gifted to us, overlooking the afternoon sun glistening off the water as fishermen are arriving and reversing their boats and taking off for an afternoon of fishing. So if you've heard boats and cars, etc. around us, that's what's going on. It's a wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful day. It's beautiful weather and... And I'm sure that these guys that are heading out in their fishing boats for the afternoon have also spoken this into being, this this exciting hobby that they have. They've said to their wives, they've framed it up, they've said to their wives and their family, today and yesterday, you know, on this afternoon I'm going to go fishing and here they are fishing. They've spoken it into existence. Definitely. Because it. there's those people that are all sitting at home wishing they had boats but they're saying to each other oh we'll never have a boat we'll never have enough money to have a boat or have enough money to have the car to tow the boat what's the point and they don't end up with a boat yeah it's true I thought about another thing too when I was thinking about um sitting with our words I got this picture that just came into my mind when I was thinking about it so we're sitting with our words we're sitting in silence with our words and our thoughts. We're allowing them to penetrate our whole being with what we believe so that that can become the fullness of who we are already. And then I started thinking about a cow chewing its cud. 
So then I thought, okay, well, what is that process? So the process of, it's this process of swallowing and unswallowing and re-chewing and re-swallowing. It's called rumination or more commonly known as chewing the cud. So rumination enables the cows to chew grass more completely, which improves digestion and allows the cow to digest forages better and to eat more food and then produce more milk. So a cow actually typically chews 30,000 times a day. So it's chewing food and then bringing it up and then chewing chewing it it again. again. Yep. And then, so it's been more productive. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it's going down and I'm and and it's like an engaging with some of the acids and then it's coming back up and it's continuing to be chewed. And I, was, I might try that at dinner tonight. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Don't show me. <laughs> Why is it okay for a cow to ruminate and not a person, Kylie? Well, I was thinking about it from the perspective of our words, like digesting our words, sitting with our words, allowing them to be marinated, to engage with those places in our body that's that's bringing them into their fullness so that we can actually be more productive coming into that place. So if I'm silently chewing and digesting and re-digesting my words, eventually from within me, should rise this song, like a frequency, a sound that is so in sync with my destiny that all around me will just manifest a wonder and healing and life. What do you reckon? I was just thinking about what we're having for dinner tonight. (laughs) I love it. You're cooking dinner tonight. Hopefully it's not soup. (laughs) Because we had soup last night. You don't think No, I'm just thinking, yeah. Soup is a drink, and if we're going to be ruminating it, there's not much chewing happening. I love it. There's this quote by this guy called Yehuda Berg. Yehuda Berg? I never know how to say those names, but some wise guy. And he says, words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble Our words are like seeds. They can turn into something real. Our words and thoughts have energy and power, which is molding and forming the reality around us. Well, I feel like it's about time for us to wind this up, Kylie. Are Mm. you okay with that? Or do you feel like that you need to express more words? No, I think so. Well, can I just read this one extract from this lady called Shannon Kingler? And she has written this book called The Power of Words, which is igniting your life with lightning force. And she says, words do so much more than merely influence the people who hear or read them. They carry their own power and are an integral part of your electromagnetic field. They put out energy and they attract the same type of energy to you. Well, that is a spectacular place, I think, to wind it up and to say thank you for listening to all of our words and believing that words do have power to affect an outcome in your life and our life as well. How about we finish up by expressing some words in your direction of favour on the life of the person listening? Absolutely. So as you listen to this podcast and you ruminate (laughs) on words, the power of words, we thank you for listening. We thank you for supporting us by listening 
We thank you for the favor that that gives us in the world. We thank you that we have a purpose given to us to record this podcast and to speak it into being Mm. and that that would be something that didn't have much value if you weren't listening. So we thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. And just think about this week. What are you saying about yourself? What are, what are you attracting to yourself through your thoughts and your words? Like our frequency, it changes the brain waves and thought patterns in the quantum field. It alters our language, partnering in the process of the renewal of our mind. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. So let's be the cosmic frequency. Let's become the fullness of everything that we imagine. And let's imagine a world of restoration where everything is in its fullness as it was always intended to be. I have a life ahead of me beyond what I can even comprehend to be possible yep. because of the God that I know. Absolutely. And so do you. The God that is within you. The God that is within me. That you that are. That I am within. <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> yes, Exactly. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are marvelously and wonderfully made. Can you believe that even your eyeballs have many layers that are held together somehow that we don't even understand? (laughs) That there's cells in your body that contain language and that studies can be done between letters and language and numbers that produce an outcome that tells you that God is real and God created you and that he loves you. That's the study of gematria. We'll have to look at that word one day, Kylie. I love it. Gematria. Gematria. That's for another day. That's another word for another day. We thank you so much for listening to us. We declare that you will have an incredible week this week, that you will have people come into your atmosphere, (laughs) your surrounds, your immediate surroundings, that you've not met before that are an absolute blessing on your life, that are people that you couldn't have even imagined would come into Mm. your surrounds and that what they bring with them regarding words of affirmation into your life are something that you've never heard spoken in your direction before. We love you for listening. We love who you are. We love you that God made you the way that you are. We thank you for listening to us. And we thank you for your support as well. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. This is Wildfire Tribe. Have a beautiful and wonderful week. Bye. Energy beyond space and time. Empowering humanity straight from the divine. Ever flowing river of bliss and oneness is mine. Mystery. Tranquility.